Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Come on, if you love him, give him some praise in this place. Clap your hands. Lift your voices. We love you, Jesus. How many are thankful, though, that as we're singing about how we love him, to know that no matter how much we love him, he loves us even more. On your worst day, he loves you. In the middle of your mess, he loves you. Our God's love goes far and wide and deep. It's never ending. I want to read from Ephesians chapter number four. We're going to be coming from this scripture today. I'm going to start in verse number 15. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Everybody say grow up. In every way, into him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Today, I want to talk to you, kicking off this verified sermon series, all new series, with a message entitled, Choosing Love. So, as you're seated this morning, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, we about to grow in love. Tell them, we about to grow in love. And you can be seated this morning. Come on, church. 1015 service. I'm just happy y'all remembered. Some of you that maybe are just walking in, you got here early. Uh, we started at 1015. I'm sorry you missed worship but we'll have a song at the end for you. Uh, but hey, uh, my name is Caleb, and I am one of the pastors here, and I got to kick off this Verified series today. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to share from God's Word with you. I'm excited to jump into the series called Verified Fan or Follower. How many of you know there's a difference between being a fan and being a true follower? You see, back in the early 2000s, we had some fans of the Kings. But now, 22 years later, there's very few true followers still remaining. There's a difference between being a fan and a follower. And in this series, we really wanted to help you grow. In fact, this text that I just read was all about that. It was about growth. It was about growing. And I want to help you grow. We want to help you grow. Because in reality, there are a lot of people that claim to be followers of Jesus, but are actually just fans of Jesus. And how many know there's a difference? Can you take care of that for me? Yes, sir. Um, give it up for Randy, the executive pastor. That's my dad, by the way. Give it up for my dad. But hey, we are living in a moment, I believe, where the true followers are being revealed. And in reality, the scriptures in this series were really uh, diving into the letters to the early church from the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul wrote some letters to the early church, and we're looking at the church in Ephesus today that he wrote a letter to about what it means to love. And we're going to be jumping through some of Ephesians, looking at what love looks like for the church. And I believe 
that in this moment, the true followers are being revealed, and God is looking for a church of followers, not just fans. Because we can put on a good face as a fan, but when the rubber meets the road, the true followers are revealed. And so in this series and today, we wanted to help you grow, help you grow as followers of Jesus. Our goal is to help you grow to not just be fans. So I was thinking about growth and I was thinking about the church. And I think that so often the church is known for growth as it relates to bricks, bucks, and bodies, right? Like that's what church growth looks like. Bricks, as in we're building bigger buildings. Bucks, we got more money. Or bodies, look at all the butts in the seats. But how many of you know that true growth according to the gospel and according to the scriptures looks different? Because growth is all about our hearts. It's all about us. Because in reality, the church is not a building. It's not a brick. It's not, it's not a collection of bricks. It's not a location just in old Sacramento because we are the church. You and I are the church. And we need to grow as God's church, his followers. And so today I want to talk to you about choosing love. As we kick off this series, I thought what better way to kick it off than talking about love. How many know in relationships you have to learn to choose love. You don't wake up every morning feeling lovey-dovey. 14 years into marriage, Chrissy, we don't wake up every morning feeling love. She goes, I do. <laughs> and actually, that's true. Okay. Um, we don't always wake up every day. We don't in every moment, uh, every situation, every fight feel like loving one another. And yet love is a choice. And in the same way that it plays out in relationships, like Chrissy and I's relationship, it has to play out in real life in your relationships with the people you know and the people you don't know, the people you're close to and the people that you come across, the people that think differently than you and those that think alike you, your enemies and your friends. We must be people that choose love as it relates to the people that God places in our life along our path. And so Christy and I, we've learned over the years that we have to choose love. I remember back last night we had, some, we had a couple over. They're getting ready to get married here in a month. And we were uh, finishing up their premarital counseling. And uh, we told our story, how we got together. And I'm not going to give you all the juicy details here this morning. Um, it's not appropriate for church. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is. But... But I'm not going to give you all the details, but I, I, every time that we tell our story, I'm reminded how there were years that went by before Chrissy and I actually finally got together. We knew each other. We met. But from the point we met to when we actually got married, it was almost six years. And we actually went on a date, but then I never pursued her. Uh, she's still mad at me about it. Uh, because she said to me multiple times, she said, Caleb, if you had just pursued me back then, think about how much longer we could have been together. But how many know choosing love is hard, especially when you're young and dumb and immature. But even as an adult, 40-year-old now, choosing love is hard because it's not always our natural inclination as human beings to want to love people, especially when people are unlovely. 
or especially when those closest to us who we know the most are in the middle of their mess. It's hard to love, and yet followers, true followers of Jesus, choose love. So today I want to challenge us that we would be a church that chooses love. So look at your neighbor and tell them we choose in love today. Come on, tell them. We choosing love today. I'm going to keep you engaged with me, church. It's 10.15. I know it's a little earlier than normal for some of you because you usually come to the 11. But uh, help me preach, church. Come on. So let me, let me give you some, uh, I want to I set up a framework of love from the book of Ephesians. Just a few scriptures that Paul gives to us as he writes to the church in Ephesus that I think can set a groundwork for love as the church, as followers of Christ, not just fans of Christ. Here's what it says. Ephesians 3.17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. How many you know love must be at the core foundation of who we are? We stand on it. Our feet are rooted in it. Rooted and grounded in love. We choose it. Ephesians 3.19. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many of you know you can't fully embody God or be the true follower of Jesus you're called to be if you don't understand the love of Christ. In fact, the love of Christ surpasses all knowledge. It's beyond understanding. And yet we can grasp a little bit of it. And we must learn more and more about the depth of Jesus' love in order for us to walk in the fullness of who God created us to be as lovers of him and thus lovers of others. And then Ephesians 4, 2. With all humility and gentleness. Humility. It's hard for us. Gentleness. Patience. Ooh, even harder. Bearing with one another in love. What's this telling us? It's telling us that love is not always easy. Like sometimes you have to bear with one another in love. That means it's difficult it's hard. It stresses you out. It, 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 it can be a weight on you, and yet you bear with one another in love. Why? Because you choose love because God's love chose you. So here's what I want to uh, lay the groundwork for this message today. If you take nothing else away, I hope you take this. You see, fans, they choose who they want to love. But followers... No, Jesus' love chooses everyone. And so you need to receive this in your spirit today because I'll be real. It's easy to love the people that are lovely. It's easy to love the people that think like me, walk like me, like the same things I like, have the same political perspectives I have. But it's hard to love the people who are often unlovely, difficult, betray us, Stab us in the back. Talk trash about us at work. Gossip, our names in their mouth. It's difficult to love people, even often as followers of Christ, that are far from God and would demean our faith, that would talk down about our Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, the fans, they choose who they want to love when it's convenient, when it's comfortable. But followers, they know that Jesus loves chooses everyone so how could we not love everyone as he loves them 
So today we are choosing love, and I want to talk to you about the power of choosing love, church. You see, when we choose love, we grow. I don't know about you, but I want to grow. I want to grow to be more like Jesus. I want to grow to embody the heart of Jesus. I want to be more loving today at 40 than I was at 30, than I was at 20. I want to continue to grow. And here's what's powerful about choosing love is when you choose it, you actually grow. But in order for you to choose love, you have to understand his love. You have to know you are loved by him so then you are able to love others. And I think there's people maybe in this room that have not truly understood or embraced the love of Jesus on their lives. They're still walking in the shame of their past. They're still walking in their failures, in their shortcomings, in what they did last night, in in how they talked to their spouse or their kids. And listen, we need to grow. And when you choose love, you grow. So my challenge to us is we would wake up every day like Chrissy, feeling loving. We would wake up every day and go, God, I'm going to choose love today, even towards those that I don't really like much. I can still love them. It says, verse number 16, as I read it earlier, 15. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. You see, we grow up, but not in the way that The world tells you, you ever tell people to grow up? I think I'll maybe use this (laughs) in marriage. Like, grow up. Someone says it to you, you know what I'm saying? Like, just grow up. Stop acting like that. But it's not that kind of grow up. It says we grow up into him who is the head. We're growing up into Christ. Now, if you notice at the beginning of this verse, it says rather. Throw up verse 15. It says rather. 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 Throw up verse 15. Rather. Throw verse 15, rather, there we go, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ. But why would it say rather? You see, we have to go to the verse before this to understand the rather. It says in verse 14, so that you, we, may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried around by every wind of doctrine, By human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is ahead into Christ. So what is this telling us? It tells us that when we choose love, when we put on love, when we grasp the knowledge of the truth of the love of Jesus for us, We don't get caught up in the lies of this world. We don't get caught up in the deceitful schemes of this world. We don't get caught up in childlike thinking. But no, we grow up into Christ. What did Paul write um, in, in another letter? He said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, right? I processed like a child. I ate childlike things. But when I became an adult, I put away the childhood thinking. When we're children, we drink milk. And scripture talks about this. But as we grow, we have to be sustained by real food in the same way you rather, when you walk in the love and the understanding of the truth of God's love, you become more like the head who is Christ in your life. I think that a lot of us don't understand who we are. You don't understand your identity fully. And I can illustrate this. 
by uh, my team. I'm actually coaching Little League right now, 9 and 10-year-olds. We're AAA, so like minors. And uh, our team name is the Trash Pandas. Dead serious. This is not made up. This is our team name. We have my, our hat is a raccoon in a trash can. It's epic. Trash pandas. Unfortunately, right now, we're living up to the first word of our name, which is trash. So we start out the season. We won the first two games, and my team was like, we're going to win every game this season. And then we are currently on a five-game losing streak. So last week, we had a game. And we were getting smacked. I mean, we were getting worked. It was rough. Uh, one, of, one of my greatest failures as a manager in the history of my life. Um, I've only been managing for, you know, eight weeks now. But it was, it was rough. And so we get to the last inning, and we're down by 13 runs. And so I gathered the team together, and I was like, listen, guys, this is our last at-bat. Here's all we need. We need 14 runs to win. Let's go. 14 on three. One, two, three. And they all laughed and said, 14. <laughs> and uh, that's just like my mentality. I, I'm a positive person. I'm, I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it encouraging. I'm, I'm trying to bring the life and the joy. But let me tell you, losing is not fun. And these kids are starting to not have fun because we keep losing. So please pray for the Trash Pandas Church. Pray for your boy. Because, uh, man, it's, we it's weighing on me. But it was interesting, that, that inning, it's the last inning. We're down by 13 runs. We need 14 to win. And we're at the bottom of our lineup. And I watched my son, my oldest son, Kanan. He's 10. And the whole team went and sat on the bench. And he stood up next to me on the fence. And every batter, he was pounding on the fence going, Come on, Hunter, you got this. Rip that ball, hit it out there. We are down by 13 runs, church. The rest of the team has given up. But he is on the fence, pounding it. You got this, let's go. I mean, he's hyping every batter up. Dude gets up there, strikes out, one out. Next kid comes out. Come on, Edward, you got this. He's on the fence, pounding on the fence next to me. Hit that ball, rip it, you got it. I mean, he is hyping this kid up, strikes out. Two outs, down by 13 runs. We need 14 to win, church. Last kid, he does not relent. He keeps pounding on the fence, cheering, you got this, come on. Kid, I think he grounds out. Three outs, game over. We shake hands, go out, great game. After the game, I said to him, I said, Kanan, that was the greatest thing you've ever done as a player on this team. The greatest thing you've ever done as a player on this team Here's what I recognized. If I wasn't his father and the manager of that team, I don't believe he would have done it. But the reason he did is because he understands who he is. He is the son of the manager of the team, and he has taken on the responsibility of the manager, which is to encourage and to build up those around him to be advocates and cheer them on and encourage them for what they're trying to accomplish. He understood his identity, and he took on the mantle of the role as the son of the manager of the team. And I just want to tell you today, because some of you have not recognized or realized who you are. You are sons and daughters of God. 
You have a role, a responsibility, a purpose, and that is to speak life, love, encouragement, hope into every person you come across in this world. I came to preach today, church, and listen to me. I'm prophesying right now over the trash pandas. We will win again. Some of you are on a losing streak in your life. But I'm here to tell you the winds are coming. Okay, I'm, I'm doing too much now. I'm doing too much. But let me tell you, I'm watching him, my son, because of what he's taking on, the mantle, he's growing. When you take on the mantle as the son or daughter of the king with a purpose and a plan and a mission on this earth to love as our Savior loved us, so we are called to love. When you take that on, guess what? You grow. You become more like, as the scripture said, the head. Who is him? To grow up into him, our head, Christ. You grow. The power of choosing love, we grow. The second part of it is the power of choosing love is we grow others. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just love so I grow. I want to love so I can see others grow. I want to love so I can see others begin to love as God has placed the love in me. They begin to understand, and as I understand the love of God, they begin to understand the love of God. It tells us here that equipping happens when we love. I read it, verse number 15, or verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow. It is equipped. You see, we grow when we choose love, but also we grow the body and others when we choose love. Now listen to me. I got to go back to verse 15 because I, I breezed over it, but I need to hit it. It says rather, how do we grow up into every way into him who is the head into Christ? It's when we speak the truth in love. And we need to camp on that for a moment. Because I think there's two camps of people right now in the church. It's those who don't speak the truth because they think that's loving. Or it's those who speak the truth but weaponize it and actually use the truth to wound people. Now, I'm not saying you're any of those, but I think there are people who fall into those two camps. And the reality is we need truth seasoned with love. We cannot stray away from or hide from the truth of the gospel of the good news that is often offensive, church. The truth can be hard to hear. You ever have someone tell you the truth and it hurt? You ever have someone keep it real with you and you didn't like it, but you walked away going, I needed to hear that? Let me tell you, the truth doesn't always feel good, but if you do it with love in your heart and in your spirit, I'm here to tell you, it will not be a weapon to wound, but it becomes an opportunity to heal. And unfortunately, we hide from the truth because we think that's loving. Or we use the truth to hurt and wound instead of seasoning it with love. And so we go, well, how do I speak the truth in love? I don't even know how to do that. Let me tell you, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You go, Holy Spirit, I need you to tell me when to say it, how to say it, and I want love to be at the forefront of my heart in why I'm saying it. If you can't say it with love in your heart, then I'll tell you right now, don't say it. Don't speak it. But if God's put the love in you and you feel and you know, yes, I'm saying this truth because love is in my heart, then let it fly. Let it rip, church. 
I believe that when we're clear, it is the most kind thing we can do. That we speak the truth. We don't shy away from the truth. We don't shy away from hard conversations. But we douse all our truth in grace and love. So church, may the truth that you share not be something to wound but to heal. May the truth that you share not be something to tear down but to build up. I want my truth to build people up. How many of you know loving others has to be sacrificial? Like, we can't love others properly if we don't, aren't willing to sacrifice for them. Now, there is a big push right now in the world, in our culture, as it relates to self-love, self-care. Now, I'm not against it. I'm about it. I played golf this week. Come on, somebody. That was my self-love, my self-care. So, ladies, get your nails did. Like, uh, get your hair, you know, whatever. Um, People do what feeds your heart, your soul, your mind. Like, take care of yourself. But unfortunately, some of us get stuck in the mentality of self-love. And God tells us that we are supposed to die to self. And so there's nothing wrong with self-love and self-care. Those are good things. But if it begins to hinder you and you stay there and it hinders you from ever dying to self, from loving people sacrificially, from going beyond, when, when, when Jesus teaches on this, he says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other. He says, if someone asks for you your jacket, give them your cloak also. Give them the jacket and the cloak. He says, if someone asks for you to go one mile, then go with them an extra mile. What is God saying? He's saying, die to self and love sacrificially. And what I see even in the church is we, we draw our boundaries and our lines. Like, I got to take care of myself. And we're actually hindering ourselves from being used by God under the guise of self-care. And I want to tell you right now, last week, we had over 50 people give their lives to Jesus in this room. Come on, church. That's what it's about. But I'm here to tell you that would never happen. This church would not have grown to what it is. It would not be blessed as it is if there weren't people sacrificing, laying down themselves week in and week out to see the gospel proclaimed in Sacramento. It is about dying to self, about living sacrificially. And I wonder how many people in this room, if you were honest, you would say, I don't know the last time that I love someone sacrificially. Like, I want you to think about it. When was the last time you loved someone sacrificially? I think about it with my kids and my wife. When was, do I care more about myself, my needs, than I do them and theirs? In fact, this morning, I got up and I put on my graphic tee because we talked with our team and our band and it said everyone wear graphic tees on Sunday for fun. And I went to Target yesterday, and I bought this for $12.99. And I put it on this morning, and my wife said, thanks for getting me a graphic tee. Sarcastically, because I didn't get her one. And I thought, man, I went to Target and just took care of myself. How often are we wanting to love ourselves, take care of ourselves, bless ourselves, and yet, how few times do we sacrifice for others? I found that I grow others 
when I live sacrificially for them. I want to illustrate that right now. They're going to come out from the back and help me. And uh, they're bringing a chair. And I want to read a couple scriptures real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. So as they get in place, they're going to wait. Uh, Here's what it says. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So watch this. Chrissy's going to have a seat. I want you guys to lift her up a little bit. You guys, you got this? Okay, strategizing. Okay. Uh, Okay, sure. Okay, lift her up. Stop. Stop. So they are right now bearing in love. Chrissy needed to be, I mean, let's just imagine Chrissy's a difficult person. She's just really difficult. Okay, just imagine. Difficult, frustrating, gossips all the time, talks junk, right, spreads rumors and lies. And yet, she's in the church. And so we got to bear with her in love. We got to bear with one another in love. How many of you know, like, this can get tiring. Are you guys getting tired? Okay, not yet, but, well, we can keep them going for a little longer. We'll see. I'm here to tell you, over time, the muscles would get fatigued. The energy would, be, would get sapped. They might really start shaking. I mean, it helps. She, don't, she doesn't weigh much. But. This is what bearing with one another in love looks like. That we have to love each other, lift each other up. All right, put her down. Now watch this. Chapter 4, verse 16. I read it. Here we go. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Next verse. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So here's what God spoke to me as I was preparing for this message. Chapter 4, Paul writes, he says, you have to bear with one another in love. So lift her up a little bit. It starts out with tough people, difficult, no, 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 just a little bit, just a little bit, right there. Starts out bearing. We bear with one another in love. But then it goes on. Here's what happens in, in, in the body of Christ. We go from bearing to building. It says that love is cyclical. So love, while initially it can be a bearing, and man, it's tiring, and it's, it's energy sapping and draining. Before you know it, the same love that drained you, that was a bearing activity, now becomes a building activity. And before you know it, the love is actually building them up. It's building up the church. Are you guys really shaking or are you pretending? Cut it out. Now, the love went from a bearing situation to a building situation. And the church is being built up and people are being built up. Why? Because we stay committed to the love that God called us to. It may start as bearing, but it leads to building. And before you know it, the church is elevated. People are elevated. God's purpose is elevated. His name is elevated. That's what love does. But it takes all of us. Bearing with one another. And then building each other up in love. Put her down and give it up for them. Come on. Good job, team. You guys are on it. So strong. (laughs) So listen. When we choose love, we grow others. But also, 
we grow the church. That's always just illustrated there. We grow the church when we choose love. And I'm here to tell you right now, every one of us is called to grow the church. And I'm not saying so that, again, we fill this room or launch another campus or have more, more services. No, because the church, again, is people. It's not a building. It's not a location. It's not a campus. It's people. And God wants his church to grow. He said to Peter, he said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many of you know the church has a purpose and a mission on this earth and it's to populate heaven, to, to spread the good news of the love of Jesus in a world that is looking for love in all the wrong places and trying to fill the hole, the void in their lives with all the wrong kinds of things that they think will satisfy and satiate the, the, the gap, the missing love that they're looking for. And yet they're always left empty. This last week, we had Easter Sunday. And Derek, who was just up here after Easter Sunday, or after the, the first service, you know, like, uh, all our services were, were amazing and packed and tons of hands going up. And after the first service, I was in the back hallway, and he came back, and he was like, Pastor Kayla, that was amazing. And like, I preached my guts out, church. Like, it's Easter, so I was hyped. And I went, I went for it, and, uh, and God did something amazing. And, and he came to me, and he goes, PC, oh, my goodness, that was fire. Like, only a couple people in the church call me PC, by the way. Um, he's one of them. That was fire. And he was like, we did that. And I was like, what? I was like, bro, I preached. He goes, we did that, bro. We did that. We did that. He just kept saying it. And I was for a second like, what? Like, okay, cool, man. Like, I dapped him up. It's like, yeah, all right, peace, bro. And he walked away. And then God spoke to me, and he said, that's the heart that I want my church to have. You see that every day, we go, we did that. That every Sunday that someone raises their hand and, and their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and it says the angels in heaven rejoice, we should rejoice too. Why? Because we did that. It's not about the gifts of a few. It's about the sacrifices of the many. You see, last Easter Sunday, we have people parking cars. And we have people that, that set up an atmosphere for an Easter backdrop photo booth. And we have people putting things on the lawn. People came in early to clean the building and set things up. We had kids workers upstairs working with kids and wiping butts and, and changing diapers. And, and, and we have people in the back doing production and we have people greeting on the way in. And all these people, the sacrifice. When we left Easter Sunday, I hope that we all walked away going, saying, we did that. The people praying. Those of you that came and brought friends. Invited people who've never been to church or are far from God. And you brought them in the room and you just said, Caleb, don't say something awkward. You want to really pay attention in church? Bring someone who's never been to church in their life. You will pay attention to every word that comes out of my mouth. 
It's a diff- it hits a little different when a friend's with you. But I just want to tell you, church, like, we did that. We did that. Project Church has existed for over nine years now. We, we bought this building three years ago and moved in a year and a half ago. And let me tell you, we did that. It wasn't me. It wasn't Chrissy. It wasn't our staff. It wasn't our board. It was us. The sacrifices of the many grows the church. That's what choosing love looks like. Sacrificial love. You see, bearing becomes building. And how many of you know loving sacrificially is hard? It just is. It's hard with that coworker that's difficult and's constantly causing you problems. It's hard with your spouse when you're not seeing things the same way and you're at odds with one another. It's hard with your kids when they don't listen and they're acting the fool. It's hard with some church people who you just don't align with in all of your views. It's hard with friends at times who maybe do things that you wouldn't do. And yet, when we choose love, we grow the church because we are the church. We grow the heart of the church. And as the heart of the church expands, I believe the impact of the church grows. I heard a preacher say, this past week, and I want to close with this. He said there's a popular thought among preachers. Preachers often will say, we just got to get people to love God. Let's just get people to love God. Like that's our job, to get people to love God. But can I tell you something? It's not our job. Your job, my job, the church's job is not to get people to love God. Our job is to show all people, everyone that we know or come in contact with, that no matter what they do, God's love is for them. We don't have to get anyone to love God because no matter what, God loves them. And our only job is to remind them of that. Even when they go, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. That's okay. He loves you. I don't agree with your political perspectives. That's okay. Jesus loves you. I don't like that Bible that you teach. That's okay. Jesus still loves you. The church, it's so broken and messed up. I'm never going to one of those places. That's okay. Jesus still loves you. That no matter what... Our job is just to tell people that Jesus loves them, has a plan for them. Why? Because we choose love as Jesus chose love for everyone. I said it at the beginning. What do fans do? Fans choose who they want to love. But followers, they know Jesus' love chooses everyone. And I felt like I was led here today to remind us that Jesus' love chooses everyone. And some of you need to receive this today in this place because you've forgotten that his love chose you. You're here today by accident, but Jesus' love chose you. On your best day, Jesus' love chose you. And on your worst day, Jesus' love chose you. 
And I'm here to remind us, church, that no matter what, how people react, what they think about us, what they say about us, their perspective on God, the church, we must just remind them that Jesus will always choose to love them. Always and forever. We plant the seeds. It's up to him to reap the harvest. So today, may we be a church that chooses love. I want to choose love with everyone in my life. Would you bow your heads with me across this place? If you're here, you say, Caleb, i got to be honest, as you were talking earlier about identity and who I am and whose I am and who I belong to, I realized that I have not seen myself as a child of God, a son or a daughter. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you turned your back on God. And today, the Savior Jesus wanted to remind you that he loves you just as you are in the middle of your mess on your worst day. And today, someone in this room needs to respond to salvation and say, Jesus, I want to step into my sonship, my daughtership. I want to step in to the truth and the reality of me as a follower of you. If that's you, you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. You need to recommit yourself today anew and afresh. I want you to lift your hand. Go. If that's you in the room, yes, yes. One, two, three, yes. Four, yes. Anyone else? Put your hand up. Five, yes. Yes, in the back, six. I see that hand. Would we, could we all pray this with me? You can put your hands down. Everyone repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, thank you that you and your love chooses me. Every day, it chooses me in my mess, in my mistakes, in my madness. You choose me. And today, I surrender my heart, my life, my sin. Forgive me. Change me. Wash me clean. Make me new. I'm stepping in to my place as a son or a daughter of Jesus, my Savior. I receive your blessings, I receive your grace, and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, give God some praise. Stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet. I want us to sing this song as a declaration today. I want this to be our declaration that we're choosing love. As we say, your love so deep is washing over me his love chose every one of us how could we not love how could we not love in this world so may this song be our declaration we're choosing love from this day forward in every situation every relationship our prayer team is going to make their way forward if you need prayer for anything maybe you've had hate in your heart anger in your heart division in your heart and you need god to put love in your heart i want you to come forward for prayer you raise your hand to receive jesus Come forward. Maybe you just need prayer for a situation. Come forward. But come on, church. Sing this one last time. Let this be our declaration. We choose love. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.